4: to Chapter 3 of The Adventures of the Heralds of Greenest. We begin after the party has saved some old friends along the Long Road, and in exchange have received some interesting information about a bow the Thieves' Guild of Waterdeep might have. Arriving in the city of Splendors, Travancore and his bear companion Shadow head off into the surrounding woods to commune with nature, while the rest of the party enjoy the 5th Annual Trade Ward Memorial Pie Crafting Tournament and Festival, sponsored by Lord Comdor Shatterfury and the Waterdeep Dessert Council. As in, you know, that RTX game that we did a while ago? Hey, that has happened in canon now. Yay! Yay! After a few days to relax and recover, our heroes meet up to discuss what they would like to do next. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, And... Friend of the show, Linnea, who was the one who actually wrote our theme song, recommended to me a drink that I've altered slightly. So she talked about a drink that was Insure and Bailey's Irish Cream that she called Grandma's Special Medicine, which I love. I don't have any Insure. What I've got is Boost. And Bailey's. So it's essentially the same thing. It's really just a meal replacement kind of thing with alcohol. And so I have a giant thing of Boost and Bailey's, which I'm still calling in honor of Linnea, Grandma's special medicine, because I'm not that old and neither is she, but it's a funny name. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of
1: Faerun, the viceroy's choice this evening is primarily my wife's fruit infused iced tea. Uh, She used strawberries and uh, blueberries in this. Although they're hard to see because it's fruit and infused not actually fut included And because it's Dungeon Drunks, I topped it off with just a little bit of the Paul Masson Golden Apple Brandy. Which is always a favorite.
4: Bernie, what are you drinking?
3: I still have um, two bottles of the Big Briar tar- Raspberry Ale from Highland Brewing Company left. It is so good. I have a makeshift since I'm nowhere close to the kitchen. My second bottle is actually... In a gallon Ziploc bag that has the bottle and a bunch of ice and is wrapped up in a towel <laughs>
4: to damn, keep it, to nice. keep it
3: cold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I'm drinking. I'm so excited, though, for when I'll be able to have all new local brews to drink in a couple of weeks.
4: Jonathan, what are you drinking?
0: Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Muscular. Tonight is uh, not our normal recording night. It is also Game of Thrones night. And in celebration of that, I have a Shiraz called Royal Bitch. <laughs> because seriously, Royal Bitch on the Iron Throne. Ah, that's Cersei. Will she ever get hers? Um, she but anyway, will, I
3: promise you. Uh,
0: I. It is delicious. I've been drinking it since earlier. So I'm a little tipsy. Also, I have to be consumed upon the first casting of Fireball tonight a shot of Fireball, which does not go with this one at all. And tonight it is dedicated to Celeste, Brittany, Sage, and Nassim of Venture Maidens. I just listened to episode hey! one of their podcast and it is delightful. I suggest you check it out on iTunes and Google Play.
4: Ah, oh, yes, nice! Yes, Venture Maidens is friends of ours. They are a wonderful. So, hey, if you've caught up with us and you're looking for other D&D podcasts to listen to that are, you know, along the same lines and where we do enough RP and enough fighting in order to make things nice and balanced you've got a really good cast you're not listening to something for 4 hours which can be a lot of time then yes and the only sucky thing about this is there's a good chance you're not going to get into a fight as you guys are shopping montage in the city of Waterdeep. I will prove you wrong. But (laughs) you Okay. But also,
3: if you have a lot of extra time, Bernie's podcast on the dark web, it's been a secret this whole time. (laughs) She's been secretly releasing a one-woman Dungeons & Dragons podcast on the
4: dark web. It's called Burn It Down with Bernice Q. Burns.
2: I think in Faerun, it's called the demon web. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Someone has figured out how to make sending last for an entire hour, and that's what they're calling podcasts. Can we register Burning Down with Bernice Q Burns on iTunes real quick? <laughs> we can, yeah. You go buy that URL. Meanwhile, Carlton, what are you drinking?
2: Uh, I've got some uh, more honest tea. Uh, this time it's the organic peach tea that I've topped off with the remaining of the organic peach tea that was in the bottle, and I'm drinking it out of a mason jar because I have a mason jar.
4: Because mason jars are cool. There's nothing it's wrong good with wide that. Wide
2: mouth. It's good for like drinking, and it's cold and happy and delicious.
4: That's that's all that really matters. Is that it's happy and delicious. The cold is optional. So speaking of cold, it's freezing. It's kind of mandatory. It, well, only mandatory in the middle of the summer, which it is for us in real life. But in our fake world, in the middle of Faerun, it's super cold. But you guys are comfy and enjoying yourself. It is the morning here in Waterdeep. You guys have enjoyed a couple of days of rest and relaxation. Some of you have maybe gone to see a festival. Some of you have been outside enjoying the, the joys of nature, n- close enough to the big city to still feel safe. And you guys are just kind of enjoying yourself in the city of Waterdeep and trying to decide what you want to do next you're actually in the Golden Rock Tavern which some of you may remember is where some of this whole adventure started this was where you met up with a uh, certain Lumberjack. Woodsmith, who told you about going out to the crypt garden, uh, you hung out here and played some foosball. You got some, you know, random information from a bunch of different places. Uh, but you were here this morning, enjoying their their morning breakfast of all of the normal breakfast foods. And what would you like to do?
2: I know it's only been like a couple of we- like a week at most or two, but it feels like it's been months since we've been in this bar playing foosball.
4: Well, if you would like to know. You guys left Waterdeep on the 2nd of Uktar, and you returned to Waterdeep on the 21st. So it has been two Two weeks. It's been two two 10 days, essentially. You've now spent the last three days enjoying a little bit of a vacation. So it's currently the morning of the 21st or the 24th of Uktar and that's why it's so cold outside because we are now in winter and it so you've been gone for a little while you've been gone for a good 2 weeks 20 days worth of stuff That's a while
0: Jonathan the Magimuscular muscular is going to go over breakfast to his friends and family he's going to kind of stretch it out be like Ugh. uh that we've we've been through some stuff i i need to go to the watchful order and there's a lot of stuff I need to do over there. I'm going to start my, my membership with them, which means I might be gone for a bit. And also, I need to do some time in the City Guard, I believe. And through some of that, I might make it out to Greenest to to see Dorveen and see see how things work out. But if possible, I may not see you guys for a few days.
3: A few days? That sounds like a little bit more than a few days. Remember last time when we looked at the map, and you're like, Greenest isn't on the way to Waterdeep, and then you learned that wasn't true. Well, a few days
0: here. Like, I'm going to be pretty much doing enchanting, learning the ways of the Watchful Order. He's going to go be a nerd. Yeah, pretty much going to go be a nerd. With his books and be smart and stuff. Hopefully going to pick up a bunch of new spells. And the only way I'm going out to Greenest is via teleport. So it'll be there and back again. But...
3: They let freshmen do that? Use the teleport?
0: <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, uh, Jonathan the Muscular is going to get up, and he's going to say goodbye and say, I'll I'll be in touch, and he's going to leave.
4: Hmm. All right. As he walks out to go take care of whatever he needs to take care of at the Watchful Order of Magists and Protectors, what would the three of you like to do?
1: Well, I know I got two priorities on my list. One, look up Olivia Passeract. Two- Get some armor for my bear, as so not to burden our beleaguered cleric with uh, the healing of said bear as much.
3: Not just healing. Saving from dying.
1: Well, yes, that too. Words so
2: precise, especially in common.
3: (laughs) Bernie's got shopping to do.
2: And I I specifically remember two brothers telling us about a great deal on some things that we shouldn't have great deals on.
4: I seem to remember two brothers told you about a great deal on a specific bow that the Thieves Guild has. I don't think they mentioned anything else, but certainly anyone Carlton remembers selling... it
2: differently because Carlton remembers things he wants to remember.
4: Well, <laughs> while you guys contemplate how you would like to go about getting bear armor, buying things, finding the Thieves Guild, Jonathan, you head on over to the Watchful Order of Magician Protectors. On the way and... there, I want to stop by uh, the Baker's the dessert lady
0: and see if she has that scroll.
4: Okay, yeah, you can stop on over there. It's early in the morning, so the door is actually closed at the moment. Um However, you do notice through one of the windows, you can see Bethany, the owner of the shop, kind of walking around. And when you you kind of knock on the window pretty lightly, and she looks over and, and waves and then walks on over and opens up the door and says, hi, yes, uh, good to see you. Thank you for coming on back. Come on, come on in. Let's get out of the cold. And she ushers you on in. And you see in front of you Conjuring Cakes, the bakery slash magic shop that she talked about owning. It is a very, very small shop. It is barely 10 feet by 20 feet. You can see a door in the back leading off to what you can only assume is a bakery. But it smells gorgeous in here. You walk on in, and in the tiny little space that's available, you see displays of... Simple, but obviously very well crafted desserts of all sorts. Most of them cakes of a bunch of different sizes, some larger cakes that obviously can feed 10, 15 people, but mostly you see a lot of almost cupcake size cakes. You see a plate of fresh baked cookies. Uh, you see tarts. Basically, any kind of dessert you can think of. All of them displayed artfully also under glass, and there are little signs next to everything. And as she asks you to enter and go back towards the back counter and starts to rummage around, you can clearly see that all the signs on here list off specifically the name of whatever the baked good is. It also lists off healing. 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 And most of these seem to be priced... Much more than your normal cakes, most of them seem to be around seventy five to a hundred gold pieces.
0: Bethany uh what does oh yes i I noticed I'm looking at your cakes here. they look quite lovely. What does Thank healing you. mean
4: oh they're healing cakes oh <laughs> um yeah, i so this is where I actually got my start, and she's been like under-the-counter, rifling through something. And as you ask, she points around. She said, this is this is actually what I do. You know, everybody can make a cake. And it's really hard to get healing potions. But I've managed to make healing cakes. And so most of the ones that are on display, those are, they're kind of like the healing potions that it it sounds like, I I gather you guys are adventurers, you kind of wander around and do mercenary work. And so a lot of them are looking for healing potions, but they spill or they break or people get bored of them. And so this is, hey, you have a muffin and you get a little bit of magical healing. So that's why they're a little more expensive than your normal cake. And she goes back to kind of rummaging under the counter.
0: That makes sense.
4: All right. And she- comes up and ha ah! uh and she lays down a scroll on the counter for you and says I just was able to make this up last night it took me a, a little while cuz you know I had some stuff to do and I got to keep this shop running but all done there you go let me know how it works though those are brand new and the i haven't really had a chance to test them in the field i've tested them a lot here but not under let's say more strenuous circumstances and she gives you this smile
0: i will be happy to test them i'm actually heading over to the uh to the watch order and i'm going to be joining so i will as soon as i have some results i will let
4: you know that would be Great. Definitely let me know. It's going to take a while for me to make more of these because that's this takes a while and obviously this is not the kind of thing that I can make into a dessert. So, it doesn't it's not easy to display. But hey, right. if if you or your friends are ever looking for other things or just regular sweets, I do also make regular cakes because, you know, most people they just kind of want a cake, but this has been a nice little sideline if you're interested.
0: I will I am actually gonna let my friends know later on tonight.
4: Excellent. And unless you would like to do anything else, she is gonna hand you off the scroll for animate dessert, which I'm gonna put here for you in the chat, and then I'll I will copy it into our, our special secret sauce.
0: Okay. Whoa! Okay.
4: <laughs> Why don't you take a look at that? And while you're taking a look at that, let us jump back to the other three members of our party. As you check out the scroll, walk on over to the Amethyst Acropolis, the three of you have been uh, discussing in the tavern the things that you would like to do for the day. So where would you like to go?
3: Was there Bernie needs to take her dog to the dog spa? He needs a bath and one of those doggy massages and some treats. That's, that's okay. one. Is there a dog spa in Waterdeep?
4: You have no clue, but you can definitely ask around if you would like. I could point
2: Bernie in the direction of the place where I bought Sir Baron and Von Cocosnoot.
4: You can definitely do that, and one would assume that he would know. You also, Carlton, if, if, she's speaking, if Bernie's speaking up about this, you also know that Norlax, the dragonborn who sold you Cocosnoot, he recommended a specific armorer to go to if Bernie or say someone else was interested in custom-made weapons or armor specifically for animals Ooh. and so you do know that uh while Bernie might not be maybe less interested in armor for her dog travancore has mentioned armor for shadow and this is someone else who also caters to animals this may be someone else who could be asked about a doggy daycare
2: Alright, hmm. I will if.
3: uh... What's the place called? I I don't
2: remember the name, but I remember where it's at, and so I will lead you there. Because right, I've got let's nothing go. else going on.
4: It's nothing a at all. Mountain. Carlton, roll a history check. Maybe Carlton uh, doesn't remember where it's at. Uh. <laughs> well...
2: We're getting lost with a five.
1: Crap! I wish okay. I aided him on that <laughs> roll.
4: Yeah. <laughs> he is, okay, Carlton, you don't remember where it is because you actually never went there. Norlax told you about it. Oh no, I was rem-
2: taking in the Norlax, the dog oh, Place.
4: Okay. Okay, that you definitely oh. remember. I thought you were you were trying to remember this other place. You do remember Norlax telling you about this armorer, but you don't you never went there. Oh yeah, you, I would
2: have no clue. I, this this is a big old town.
4: Yeah, you've zero clue. But some you some would you call it a city. You, you're pretty sure you remember where the yelling raven is. And and with the five, you would actually remember that, considering how long you were there and how much you you were working. But yes, Norlax, the, the gold dragonborn who sold you that dog, uh, you do remember where the yelling raven is.
2: I uh, will escort my friends that way.
4: All right. Do so you're going to go there first?
2: Sure. I yeah. got nowhere else to be. I'm not trying to do anything shady at all. No.
4: That sounded shady, but sure. That sounded sure. so shady. I just Shady as fuck. I feel like I need um John to roll a deception check, and I don't know why. I want to roll an insight check on you. All right. As Carlton leads his friends- 14. to To- yeah. <laughs> I don't think you passed
3: that, since we already know you're shady as fuck.
4: <laughs> well- I'm not sure. I'd have to roll an insight. But you know what? I'm the DM, so I automatically get a 20. But for the moment, you guys are led by Carlton to the Yelling Raven, where Coco Snoot was purchased. As you're doing that, Jonathan, you are arriving at the Amethyst Acropolis. This is, of course, the place where uh, you first were talking about joining the Watchful Order of Magist and Protectors. And as you enter, you see a very familiar scene to the last time you were here, of fairly empty front office with the the halfling in the corner razzo riverhopper once again scrawling away on some sort of ledger this time he does notice you enter before you have to make a lot of noise he looks at pieces (gasps) oh yes mr uh uh magi muscular was it Uh, yes hello razzo i am back Oh, it is good to see you again. You had left, and then you were gone for quite a while, and I knew that you you said that you were a wandering adventurer of sorts, and I I must admit I was a little worried, but it's good to see you again. What can I help you with?
0: I am ready to join the Watchful Order.
4: Oh, this is excellent! All right, did you- uh, let me get the paperwork, and let me see if you- did you have any other questions? And he starts to basically go into part of his desk and start to pull out a stack of paperwork.
0: I one of one of the questions. I have a couple of questions actually. Um, sure. This is the first place we've been back to since we went off on our adventure last time you saw me, and I have a few errands to run. Is there any way? I could, through the course of my time here, because I am fully devoted to to the initial initiation and whatever I need to do beforehand. But when we get a break, is there any way to teleport to Greenest?
4: Well, we do have teleportation services that's usually reserved for the higher-ranking members of the guild. Now, certainly, if there is a pressing need, you can always speak to the communications and transportation manager. I believe he is very reasonable, but uh definitely we are very cautious about the frivolous use of the teleportation circles that we have. He is uh, a reasonable being but certainly you know you, you do have to present a decent reason now our higher level members once you've been a member for a while will certainly have access to those accommodations without much in the way of questions there still might be a question or two but certainly you're more free to come and go as you please but that that takes a little while the the cost of maintaining those are quite high and are what agreement we have with the lords of waterdeep includes us monitoring those teleportation circles to the best of our ability and keeping those from being used on a regular basis now greenest you mentioned let me let me look at something and he pulls out a map and folds out this map that starts out 2 by 2, 4 by 4, 6 by 6, 8 by and like very quickly is covering his entire desk and seems to be oh, wow. an incredibly well-drawn map of the Sword Coast. Just beautifully cartographed. You see just standing a few feet away, you can clearly see roads, mountains, little markings here there and everywhere. You you can almost see towns and cities that you've never Known were even there before. Jonathan
0: the Magic Muscular is like, "Mm, mm, I want to
4: look. And Razzo doesn't seem to stop you as you come closer and you want to take a look. Like, he's. He doesn't stop you at all, but he is quickly scanning through the map, goes to the southern portion of the Sword Coast, finds points with his little halfling fingers So says, oh, he is uh, greenest. And there's a series of symbols that you don't recognize. And he says, now, unfortunately, we do not have a permanent teleportation circle in greenest. However, uh, if you talk to Aras Zik, he may be able to negotiate teleporting you there if you're willing to pay his prices. Once you are a member of the guild, then we offer all sorts of things for our... Magicians and sorcerers and warlocks to be able to aid and help and purchase from each other, but that would be that would be something he would be doing on his own personal time, unless you could convince him of a of a very good reason to send you there, of course. Oh, of course, of course. Uh just real love.
0: Just real quick, w- just real quick how much is one of those services? Just out of curiosity.
4: Oh, that would definitely be something you would need to talk to Aras about. I, I, that is. Those are not questions I could answer. Uh, I believe much of it does involve whether they already have an established teleportation circle and how far away it is. So definitely talk to him once, once you are a member. He would be, as I said, he is a very accommodating being and would definitely be happy to answer any of your questions.
0: And what was his name again? Aras Zik?
4: And actually, and at this point, he's folded up the map and has pulled out a collection of, uh, or a document that looks like it's four or five pages long, and pushes it over to you and says now because you are are looking to join this is the full charter for membership it includes all of the rights and privileges that you would be afforded if you were to become a full member it includes the expectations we are very proud of the fact that we are open with all of our members of what they are expected right away and so why don't I give this to you and that way you can have a chance to look over it it includes information about that and if you have any questions definitely just ask and you'll notice that i've just put a file into the skype that is all of you can look at it if you want but at the moment jonathan is the only one that has been handed this file and as Razzo hands this to you, he says, if this all is agreeable to you, then we can get started on everything right away. I'll need you to sign. I will get, uh, one of our, uh, I'll, I will, of course, sign. I'll, uh, immediately go get one of the guild masters to uh, look over everything and get your initial proof of magical ability. And they will sign and we'll get going right away.
2: God all damn it, right? Lord. I love you. All right.
0: I am going to <laughs> review this document.
4: So while Jonathan stands there, basically thumbing through this several-page document for Jonathan about joining the Watchful Order of Magis and Protectors, the rest of you have arrived at the Yelling Raven, which Carlton recognizes as a a very nice storefront. Uh, You guys hear some dogs barking in the back, certainly for a place that sells dogs and lots of them you expect a lot more barking but you get the sense that this is these are well-trained individuals and once again right there is uh norlax uh the gold dragonborn he is standing behind the desk you see because it's still early-ish in the morning it looks like he is writing on a ledger as, as he's absent-mindedly picking at a fruit bowl He's wearing what looks like very nice riding leathers but they are a little dirty. It looks like he might have just been like cleaning out dog pens or something. And as he looks up and he sees you, he definitely notices Bernie riding Coco Snoot and he gives you all a smile, which for those of you who aren't used to what a dragonborn looks like, it is a lot of teeth. And He gives this weird curl to the smile that, yeah, let's say you're, you're, you know enough about Dragonborn to know this is not characteristic for them. That he is doing this on purpose to try to look like he really is smiling at you. Like he's doing something unnatural for Dragonborn. Like he's making his lizard mouth smile in a human like way. But he definitely looks happy to see all of you. He sees Coco Snoot and he says, Ah it's just good to see Coco Snoot again looking so nice so uh, Carlton you you've given this dog to a fine uh to a fine rider and he comes on over and he crouches down to the dog's level which is hard because ra- he's super tall Norlax is like Six and a half, seven feet tall. But he manages to get down to the dog's level. Cocosnoot seems very happy to see him. Uh, Norlax pulls out a little pouch out of his pocket and grabs a treat and then looks up at you, Bernie, and says, Is it okay if I give him a treat? Yes, that's fine. Um, But where do you get the treats? Because we need some treats. Oh, I sell some of them, of course. Of course i i take care of all of my dogs i have specialty food uh i don't have much of the armor or anything like that but certainly with the care and feeding of them absolutely and he puts the treat in his hand and hands it basically palm out to coco snoot and then says something and do any of you speak dragonborn no dragonborn or draconic i'm sorry draconic oh draconic i speak yeah 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 you speak draconic yeah you clearly hear him give a gentle command, which translate rough translates roughly to "it's okay," but it's it's obviously a some sort of command word because he had been holding this out to Coco Snoot, who sniffed it, and then he says this, and he immediately hump and eats it, and then he stands back up and says, "Well, I am very happy to see you, and that the dog is doing so well." I am assuming neither of you are looking yourselves for riding dogs. Were you looking for a, a war animal? Were you looking for another friend of yours? What can I help you with?
1: Well, as you know, we have uh, these animals, and we know that you're sort of a well-connected merchant in the Waterdeep community. We're I'd looking- like to
4: think I am.
1: I'm I'm looking to armor my bear. Um, I need some sort of protection for, from him from the elements. I don't know if you know anyone who specializes in the armament of animals.
4: Shadow... Hadn't entered this opening area of the uh, the yelling raven where uh, you guys are. He's kind of gotten used to when you guys go into shops, like pausing at the door and then like sitting at the door, half guarding, half like obediently waiting. Because it is really hard for him to get in and out of some of these doors. So he's kind of gotten used to sitting there at his name. He... You see his he had been sitting looking outwards, but you say he, you talk about your bear and he pokes his head in and Norlax looks around you and you hear him go, oh, yes, a fine looking animal. Well, no, I obviously do not have uh, anything for such a, a large creature. Oh, he is a handsome boy, isn't he? Uh, but I do definitely have a suggestion for him, or your dog, or for any of your animals. Uh, I told you about her before, um, Valen Oxtein. A very good friend of mine. She is a very good armorer at the Broken Woodsman Forge, just down the way. I can give you very good directions. I highly recommend her birding. It is outstanding quality. They will not be hampered in their movement. They will not chafe when they are working. I will warn you, not the cheapest, but if you if you care about your animals, then you will get from her. Oh, appreciate um, the tip.
3: Treats. You had mentioned treats. I want to like basically just ride Coco Snoot around the shop, sniffing at treats, and let Coco Snoot pick what he likes best
4: okay the front of the the store isn't a storefront. It almost looks like a waiting area in a weird way. It's just got a couple of chairs and a table. It's got a counter and then a door behind not directly behind the counter but a little offset that's a double set of doors that you assume from the from the few noises you hear is leads to actually the dog pens. Uh, and as you trot around and say this Norlax says, "Oh, I, I sell treats, uh food, I take care of veterinary services for an if if there's anything that you need for your animal. But he looks to be in fine shape, though. This is good.
3: Well, where do we stand on animal vaccinations in this world? Because the thing is, you got to get a rabies vaccination, and then you got to get a rabies
4: booster. There, There's no such thing as vaccinations in this world. He's He's talking about, like, veterinary medicine. Like, he looks over your dog, and your dog doesn't have wounds from being in battle, and so he's not sure what your dog needs.
3: Okay, how about we say that, like... We come to a compromise in that heartworm medication can exist in this world. (laughs) And I can get a little bag of pills that are shaped like hearts.
4: You ask him about something like that, and he says, Well, uh, most magic can take care of those kind of diseases, but... I do have, and he goes behind the the counter, and you hear a scraping noise as he pulls up what looks like a trap door and reaches down into it and pulls out a leather pouch. A lot like the one that he pulled out. And he says, "The, the treats that I offer are very good for all of my animals. They are not just delicious for the dog, but they also offer vitamins and minerals that would be hard to get especially out in the field, out in the battle when food may be limited and proper nutrition may be difficult to come by. Okay. Excellent. Do you have
3: flea bath as well?
4: That I definitely do offer. Does does he does not look like he has fleas and he immediately goes to the butt of your dog and starts to rummage with his claws looking yeah. for fleas. Yes, he doesn't have fleas now.
1: One butt rummage later.
4: <laughs> he does find a single tick, pulls it In off, the winter? goes yeah, magic ticks pulls mm. it off. Goes, he's like, eh, well, it's not surprising. Uh, no, it looks looks like he is uh definitely clean of most parasites, but uh, certainly if he would like a bath. I can and I can accommodate that. Were you looking for anything else? Cheats. Wait, huh? Let me check my list.
3: <laughs> I wrote it down, and so did Bernie. She every every section on the list is color coded with different colors of ink, and Cocoa Snoots is obviously brown.
4: Um, okay. We're gonna get it Makes treats. total sense to me. We're gonna get flea bath. It's
3: the small. And you don't sell armor here.
4: Nope. No, I do not. That is a skill that is completely different than the raising of these animals. But I highly recommend the Broken Woodsman Forge.
2: Broken. Uh, at that forge, does she only sell armor, or does she also sell weaponry?
4: She specializes in armor and weapons for. Animals. Now that, yeah, so the armor is mostly for war horses, although she does outfit some of the more exotic animals most of the time. And he looks back at you, Travancore, and says, most of the animals that she outfits don't need weapons because they are themselves clawed and fanged, but some animals could use a little more. A uh, deterrent for, say, the the more viled animals that are out there. So, but that is all that she offers. She specializes in that.
2: Hmm. Trafficore, maybe you can get like spiky armor, so like when things bite him,
4: it's not a bad
1: idea. Worth considering, as long as it doesn't harm his mobility. That's
3: a really good idea. Yeah, let's do a let's do a bath real quick because I don't think he's had a bath in like ever. <laughs> um.
4: Okay. One bath. Uh. One bag of treats. Let's go with how much are they a bag? Well, they're normally just a, a 50 copper, but if you're looking to get a bath, I could definitely, I could, I could put together a little package for you. If you, two bags of treats and a bath for two gold pieces. I like that. That sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. And you get off Coco Snoot. He um removes the the saddle and the bridle and sets them to the side and says, I'll, Uh, I'll throw in a a quick clean for for that, but that will take a little while. Uh, Do you you have a few hours that you can come back a little later? I don't have uh, an assistant coming by until the afternoon.
3: Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And I mean, Coco Snoot is obviously intelligent enough that she doesn't need to tell him what's going on.
4: Yeah. No, and uh, it's very obvious that Norlax knows all of the correct commands. And do I
3: know those commands? Did there was there like a book that came with the dog? There was not a book.
0: <laughs> the manual. Read the fucking manual. <laughs> the big book of dogs.
4: You are not. I'm um, sorry.
3: Caesar Milan wrote a fucking book. Why can't somebody in this universe just write a book funny to go that with the your, dog?
0: That your war companion also came with with a
1: manual. Did I, I yeah. that amuses me. Which the natural consequence of having a manual is that there's tech support for said war animals.
4: The yeah. problem was Are it was all written at in, tech in draconic right now. You're kind of <laughs> at tech support, especially for things written in draconic. Doggo support. <laughs> Carlton was given a list of commands that he gave to you that were very basic commands. This sounds like less that he knows more commands than you and more that he is speaking to your dog in Draconic and that this your dog is not only familiar with this Dragonborn, but knows Draconic and is very happy to follow what is obviously a former owner of his. Especially one that just gave him treats. It's like that murder
1: dog from Person of Interest that uh, only knew, like, Belgian commands.
4: Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I mean, it's... They're dogs. They, you know, they can learn languages. It's just... It's not that he actually knows the difference between draconic and common. He just knows words that are commands, and he happens to know two different words... That mean the same thing so so yeah norlax will say to come back before sundown and that he'll have everything ready but to give him the full day so use plenty of time to wash and dry coco snoot uh because if i i don't want to let him out into the the cold to be so i want him to be completely dry before i give him back to you
3: oh that sounds fine by me um i guess uh carlton's carrying me now is
4: what we're getting out of this uh, you no longer have a, a Bernie basket. Yeah. Oh, no. So unless Carlton oh, no. would like to carry you like a baby or <laughs> like can't a fireman. I sit on his shoulders? You definitely can. Did Carlton, would you like to let her sit on your shoulders?
2: I like... She has legs. But okay, I miss the bonding time we used to have.
3: I know. I won't fart on you. It'll be fine.
2: When I get bopped in the head for
3: doing something stupid.
4: I know. Okay. I will say you're smart enough to wait until you're outside because if Bernie is sitting on top of your shoulders... She will hit her head on the door on the way out. <laughs> so, unless there's anything else you'd like to do, I'll go ahead and mark off two gold. And Norlax will take Coco Snoot. And if you come back in the evening, he will be washed and fed and cleaned and ready to go. Rad. All right. As you guys leave, and and Bernie gets onto. Hey, all right, Carlton and Bernie. How exactly do you get Bernie onto your shoulders?
2: I pick her up and put her there.
4: Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, as he, she is set down on top of your shoulders Bernie, I'd love a dexterity saving throw <laughs> Oh, great
2: It's been a while Wait, we have a bag of holding I can, like, have no. the bag of holding You can just keep your head popped out We'll no. keep it open, obviously Remember
3: last time when I ain't got no kinds of advantages on dexterity Bernie's not a dexterous little gnome Sorry, alright,
4: we're not looking I'm not looking for a terribly high roll But give me give me a dexterity saving throw
3: Well, she got a 19, so I guess she remembers how to ride someone's shoulders. Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, there's just that moment he sets you down, and then there's that moment as he lets go of you and then adjusts to, like, you know, just casually hold onto your legs to help you keep, you know, because it's not the most comfortable position to be in, especially that high up. But in that moment where he lets go and before he grabs your legs just to make sure that you're secure, you have to balance a little bit on an unsteady surface. But yeah, you're you're absolutely fine. And you guys head out um where would you like to go next?
3: I believe we're going to the Broken Woodsman Forge. To I get hear. some armor for that bear.
1: I.
4: All right, as you head off, we will switch back to Jonathan. Have you had enough time to read I have. everything?
0: Um okay. Razo, I've got a little bit of bad news. I'm afraid I am short on the total for the gold. Uh, I can beseech my friends for the rest. if if that's okay, I can I was going to send a message to them uh, anyway uh, tonight.
3: Wait, hold on, how do you not have five, like a hundred gold?
0: No, it's 340 gold.
4: It he needs should. to pay a hundred gold piece initiation oh, fee and then the first yeah. year of dues are due so ba- are due in advance. so he needs 340 gold pieces total in order to pay the initiation fee. Do you guys have this in party funds?
2: I mean, I have an Opal worth three hundred bucks.
4: I'm willing to say, if you guys have a total of three hundred and forty gold pieces in party funds, uh, you knew what this total amount to join was going to be. I'll let you say that you that as long as everybody else is okay with you taking that gold, that you just took that this morning before you left.
1: I'm I'm virtually certain between the four of us, we have that much. I alone have about three hundred. So,
2: yeah, we, we we've got it.
3: Bernie yeah. got the money. She'll give okay. you the money. Okay. Uh
0: if you could if, if I could get maybe I'm sorry, 50 from each of you, that would just about cover it. Cool.
3: Bernie's got you. Mm.
1: Ain't no thing. Okay. Although in retroactive exchange because of the thing I want to armor them with, it might behoove me to have do, Who has the uh the lug nut currently? Oh, with, the, the,
0: the black I, I would leave I I would leave the nut with uh with Travencore. Okay, cool.
4: Because you knew in advance how much it was gonna cost to join, I will I will retcon that you know, I'm not gonna make you run around and go get gold from your friends. As long as your friends are okay with giving you that gold. I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we've got it. All right. Uh Okay. So Razzo turns to you and says, Sue, uh d- well do you have any questions? I know it's a lot to take in at first, but there's a lot there. Yes, yes.
0: Uh I will study it more, but uh from what I've seen here, I I think uh I think I'm good, and I take out the pat the pouch of 340 gold that I have set aside uh, that I walked in with clearly, and uh, I say, "Ready to go? Yeah, let's let's do this."
4: Excellent. And he, you say that he flips the packet over uh, to the last page, which is it's not actually the very last page. The very last page is section five that includes all of the current list of guild masters and administrative personnel. This is basically the the very end of all of the different levels of being a member of the guild and there is some blank space at the bottom and he says i i will let uh one of the guild masters know that you're interested that we have a, a potential candidate and get them on down immediately why don't you just sign here and he pulls out what is very obviously the magic ink and quill set that you would use if you were doing any kind of if you were transcribing anything into your spell book for example right Oh, yeah. Yeah, I signed it. Okay. In the time it takes you to sign it, you see that he has also dipped his own quill into that ink and has pulled out a piece of parchment that you can feel the magical energy coming off of. You see him scrawl something and put it away. And then, as you hand over the copy that you've just signed of the charter, he looks over your your signature, which is dried beautifully. And out of curiosity, did you just sign Jonathan the Magi Muscular, or is there a full name that you've signed it as?
0: Uh, I will DM you what was signed on that parchment.
3: Fair enough. Smart, smart. Intrigue. Hi. This is just like Game of Thrones. <laughs> it,
4: this, this, may, this isn't the first time that someone has whispered something to the DM as far as, you know, sending me messages. Yeah. All right, so you sign, and he takes it and looks it over, nods, and then you see him grab what looks like a, a very large black stone. It's about, it, it's bigger than his hands. It's it's almost like a bocce ball. And he takes it, he... Straightens out the paperwork, he puts the stone on top of it, and there's a little bit of a flash under the stone, as though there was just a bright light that emanated from the bottom of it, picks the stone back up, puts it back into the desk, and pushes the paperwork back towards you and says, so that that is your copy. Uh, if you are interested in having it also signed by the guildmaster, who's going to be, oh, and, uh, here he is now. Uh, you can have him sign up, but it's, it's not necessary. Uh, yes. Oh, Balana. it's d- excellent to see you. And you turn around and you see that through one of the, through the back door that has been closed both times that you've come on in, you see a woman enter. A very tall, uh, regal-looking woman, serious face, long blonde hair tied back into a braid that comes down to her waist. She's wearing a very simple purple robe and has a, a book under her arm that, as she opens the door, she kind of adjusts to the other arm and looks over at you and says... Yes, I was the I was the guild master on on duty here. You are you are Jonathan, I presume, and she holds out her hand. Jonathan the match muscular. very nice to meet you. This shouldn't take more than a few moments. I am I am Balana Zadok. I am officially one of the guildmasters here. I'm the research coordinator. And I will be just assessing to make sure that you've got some magical ability. Would you like to perform some sort of feat of magic for me, please? Absolutely. She kind of rattles this off like it's an official statement and almost rolls her eyes. But is it's not to you. It's kind of to the formality of the situation. Is
0: there a cup? Or otherwise innocuous object that no one would miss uh, sit, ha-
4: hanging around give me
0: a perception check uh that's
4: gonna be a uh, six you only see stuff on razzo's desks. there's one or two other desks and they are just completely blank. You don't really see anything else all right um and I mean there's a bunch of stuff on Razzo's desk but all right. It's up to you. Like I will... You see some other papers. You see the inkwell and the quill. You see he has a flask nearby that you can only assume is full of water, but you're not sure. Um, it looks like he's got a stack of paperwork next to him. It's all mundane stuff, As, but uh, they seem to be his.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't want to destroy something. So I will, uh, I will instead cast Spider Climb on myself and kind of like coyly walk to the wall, put one foot on the wall. And then put the other foot on the wall and do do a little dance uh, uh, as I go up the wall, uh, up the ceiling, down the wall, come back to where I was and go, ta-da!
4: <laughs> Razzo is delighted and actually gives you a little bit of an applause. Balana rolls her eyes as soon as you start to dance, but she's got a self-indulgent self-indul- smile and she kind of... You get the sense as soon as you start to do the whole performance that she's about to just say something and interrupt you, and then she kind of she kind of thinks better of it, and then just smiles and shrugs and kind of lets you do your little performance and nods to you and turns to Razzo and says I I guess that is plenty of demonstration Uh, hold out her hand Razzo hands her a quill and pulls out he's already pulled out a very familiar looking sheaf of paper that he turn. he pulls out the almost the last page that you see your signature on even though you're holding the sheaf of paper that has your signature on it
0: it's magic
4: is yay magic, and he holds that out to her. She deftly signs her name in in big, bold, cursive letters. He immediately straightens it out again and puts it into a folder and they nod at each other. And she turns to you and says, well, that takes care of that. I look forward to your successful entry into the Watchful Order of Magis and Protectors. Now, if you will excuse me, Razzo can take care of the rest. And she nods to both of you and walks back through the door. And Razzo claps his hands and says, Excellent! This is so exciting. So I need to get you scheduled to do your three days worth of enchanting. Uh, were you available to do that right away or did you want to do that at a different time? I am, uh, I am ready to do it now. Excellent! Uh, I might even be able to get you set up to start today. Let me see what I can do. And, uh, at this point, Are you going to hand over the the gold? I do. Okay, so he takes the gold, and it takes just a few minutes. He sets you up to come back this afternoon, and basically you're going to come back over the course of three days. He says that there will be a guildmaster who will take you on into the Amethyst Acropolis so that you can participate in actually taking care of this enchanting part of the the process and warns you that it'll be about um, six hours worth of work each of the three days and that once that's done, they'll get you set up with the actual week that you will serve the Order Watchman as an Order Watchman and that at that point you will be a full member. But you have the morning if there is anything else you would like to do. As you think about that, meanwhile back with the other members of the party, you guys are headed on over to the Broken Woodsman Forge. You clearly hear the sound of a hammer ringing on an anvil as you get close to what seems to be more stables than anything. If if you weren't given very specific directions by Norlax, you, you honestly would pass this place by as some kind of boarding facility. It is a very small building that an enclosed building in the front, but then behind it is just row upon row of stables of all different sizes. And then at the very end, you see a dwarf female in heavy armorer's clothing, the, the big, thick leather apron. She's wearing, uh, goggles on her face and has a giant hammer and seems to be working on some sort of armor piece, but it is obviously an armor piece for not a humanoid. It's, it's huge. It, it's easily six or seven feet long. And she's kind of working on one side. Um, did you want to go straight towards her? Or did you want to go in where the front office is?
1: I kind of want to go straight towards her.
3: I feel like okay. the polite thing is to go in the front office, but
4: mm. I'm riding not- someone. Can I grab Carlton's ears and steer-, steer him? You can definitely grab his ears. Whether he he responds to your commands is up to him.
2: It's not going to happen. Uh, I'm going to kind of... We're going
3: to follow Travancore because he's generally a pretty smooth talker. If it's rude of us to just go up to her, then he'll talk. He'll talk us out of it.
4: Okay. Uh, Travancore, you walk down the row upon row of stables. Many of them are empty. Some of them have horses of all different sizes and obviously styles of horses. Some of them seem to be racing horses. Many of them are, are like the large black chargers that you have that are... Obviously, war horses of some sort. You see a couple of dogs. Actually, you see what you could swear is a griffin. It's a little. You don't want to be too obvious about it, but as you look over one of the the windows, you see the flutter of some feathered wings and hmm? an, and a beaked front and some claws as they kind of pad around. And uh, you hear a <laughs> and shadow bristles and kind of gives a low growl and as you walk by one stable that clearly has a panther inside and shadow and this panther give each other the evil eye
1: nope. never mind him shadow keep walking
4: and shadow kind of lifts his head and follows you looking all self-important and
3: bernie says i'm defo not gonna heal you from that so you keep going friendo
4: Shadow does continue to walk on by. the The panther continues to Bernie winks at the panther, and it looks at you. Uh, go ahead, and roll a animal. Give me an animal handling check. This <laughs> <isn't>, <laughs> you're not handling this animal, but you are. This is essentially a persuasion check for an animal. So how handle will this I mean, animal she's get?
3: Not, she's not. winking at him like I feel you, not like please attack this bear. Let's make this very clear. Okay, oh, actually, but you're trying.
4: You're trying to m- make a connection with this panther who is. Who may respond differently, depending on your role, she got a sixteen nice okay, it watches you, but it stops growling it, it you know panthers have kind of that weird low guttural and it stops doing that, but it doesn't seem to be overtly pleased, but it does stop growling anyway, you guys approach the back where this dwarf is hammering away on this piece of armor as as you guys get closer, you notice that this armor is jet black it is doesn't seem to be just like chain mail or normal steel you're not exactly sure what she's working on and as you approach she puts the hammer down kind of moves the armor to the side takes off these giant gloves and just as you're getting close enough to to be in a reasonable distance to talk she pulls up her her goggles and says well, everybody wants to talk to me because of course I'm the one who's the armor. I guess I should I should be pleased about this. Ah. Valen Oxteen, what can I do for you for? And she holds out her hand to Travancore, who seems to be the person leading this procession.
2: We're looking at the panther.
1: I shake her hand and I say, "My name is Hi. My name is Travancore, I'm the Viceroy of Glenmore. I'm looking to armor my animal companion, my bear."
4: Ah, good good to make your acquaintance. Let me Let me see him. And she just like unceremoniously walks around you and walks up to Shadow, looks at you and says, how dangerous is he? Can I touch him? Is it going to be okay?"
1: You can touch him. He's fine. Shadow.
4: It'll be fine. Shadow, be good. And he obediently sits and (laughs) Valen gives this barking laugh. (laughs) All right. And she she visually inspects him. She like walks all the way around him, and then she takes her fairly large dwarf hands, and you see her putting her hand out on certain parts of his body and just unceremoniously shoulder blade, top of the head, back of the butt. Shadow, having listened to you, is being very good about, you know, fair staying fairly still. When she puts her hand on his butt, he startles a little bit, and she says something. Uh, Do any of you speak Dwarvish? I do. Nobody else? No. I don't know if Bernie gets to speak it
3: simply because they're both races that are short, but... I No.
4: No, That's I think she only speaks works.
3: Comish and Gnomish. Common and Gnomish. Comish and Gnomon. I it's like that like better. French
1: and Romanian. There are similarities, but there are substantial differences as well.
3: There are huge yeah, differences. Yeah, I feel like Dwarvish and and Gnomish should be one of those, like, romance-style languages because, like, they both live underground, typically. And I feel yeah, like they should have is... a
4: common ancestral language. So I think I sh- they share
2: the same script, don't they?
4: Yeah. Well, I'll say this, Bernie, because you speak Gnomish- you recognize the cadence. Yeah. Like, it's almost as though... You don't understand any of the words, but it's the same kind of because like most romance languages they have a a, a rhythm to them. And their nouns uh, all and, go
3: in the same place as the sentence. Yeah,
4: the emphasis is all in the same place, but the, all the words are completely different. So, well, it it's familiar. It's familiar in a way of like it's almost like listening through a door. Uh, Carlton you very clear clearly as she she puts her hand on Shadow's butt and Shadow startles a little bit and you hear her laugh and say, "Ah." You're a ticklish one, aren't ya? And then she scritches his butt oh, very no. slyly, <laughs> just a little bit. And Shadow, <laughs> and then looks back at her, and then looks back at Travancore.
2: I reply back that he is in Dwarvish. Yeah.
1: And I say uh, Shadow is Sh- looking at you. Shadow, you're, you're being measured for armor. Be good. Be still.
4: <laughs> and Shadow just looks back at her, like, happy in a weird way. Like,. He wasn't sure if he was allowed to be okay with this, and you've kind of given him permission. Hmm. Shadow likes butt stuff. <laughs> it's well, canon. who, who doesn't like we being scratched kink on the butt We don't
1: shame here on this podcast.
4: I didn't
3: say there was anything <laughs> to be ashamed of. I just said, <laughs> now we know something new about
4: Shadow.
1: Yay, world building.
4: Listen, what animal doesn't like being scratched on that part of the butt where they can't reach themselves? Every dog I've ever encountered, if you find that part of the butt where they can't reach it with their own paws, like right on top, like right right at the, the kind of the base of the tail, they're happy.
1: All doggos love butt scratches.
4: <laughs> uh, Carlton, as you say this, uh, Valen gives you a smile, but doesn't respond and keeps measuring out Shadow. And finally, she comes around, looks over at Travancore, says, Ugh, he's, a, he's a good dog good size bear. you've been taking really good care of him it's nice size what kind of armor are you looking for for him? Are you looking for something more offensive or defensive or you what what would you like it made out of what what are you looking for well i i
1: want to i have two concerns primarily I want to maintain a lot of his speed and dexterity i don't want to slow him down too much because he is fast I and mean, he is dangerous however i it occurred to me just now that if there were armor with some kind of either defensive possibilities or incantation that would avoid any kind of weight, that would damage an object that came into contact with him or that was attacking him. Do you have anything like that?
4: Oh, let's see. So defensive, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be able to keep his mobility no matter what. That's that's easy. I the right the right fit, the right build, he's gonna be fine. Offensive, if you're looking for something spiky if you're looking for something he can plow into and do damage it's gonna be a little more difficult he might lose a little bit of mobility now if you're looking for some enchantment i don't really do much of that unless you've got some some special thing you want me to make it out of i can i can definitely work with that but i am i'm not one of those fancy magicians in the towers i can't do any of that uh most of the stuff that I have here that I can work with, I got chain, I got scale, I, I can do ring mail, I can do splint, I could do plate. Uh, if you want to provide some special kind of thing, I, I can work with anything. What, what do you have in mind? Well, aside from
1: the additional equipment, um, I have come into possession of the shell of I believe it's called a flail snail. Now, I'm not sure this is something roll that can be Roll insight fashioned- check. Okay.
4: As soon as you say flail snail, go ahead and roll an insight check.
1: Insight. 15.
4: She does a very poor job of looking both impressed and interested. You can tell she tries. She's trying to keep a stone like a slightly interested l- intently listening but stone faced, like poker face. Uh, and you say flail snail and like her eyebrow go- goes up.
1: Hmm. Uh, sounds like a challenge. It sounds like I've caught your interest somehow.
4: Ah <sighs> Well, you know, it's not often that I get to work with that kind of material. And definitely, if you if you're looking to make armor for for your bear out of that, that's going to provide some some quite awesome protection. Those those kind of shells, they provide a lot of a lot of benefits. But eh, how you've got one, you've got two, one it may be hard to come up with enough for him. You wouldn't happen to have more than one, would you?
1: I believe we have two.
4: Oh, I didn't know
3: that we were, um, that's what we decided to do with those.
1: Well, we nothing's been decided just yet. Okay, we I'm were talking. like... All we're doing is talking right now.
4: Well, if all we're doing is talking, then I, I'm well, definitely interested in, let's say, getting my hands on something of, of that interesting of a quality. It's been a very long time since I've worked with flail snail shells before, so... I would recommend if you are looking to make something out of a flail uh, flail, snail shell that you're going to want something more defensive. Those kind of shells, they can be incredibly strong. They can be incredibly useful, especially against magic. But they can be brittle if they're not too thick. And so I would not recommend something offensive. I wouldn't recommend spikes and things like that. I think your best bet is to go for the mobility and for the protection that, that that kind of material can offer. But if you are looking for something more spiky, we can talk about what I can try to do, but be warned, that's that's going to be a little more difficult.
1: Alright, let's talk about offensive capabilities and, and material and, of course, cost.
4: Ah the cost. Well, I'll say this. You've got Two full snail shells.
1: I'm pretty sure that I do. I have to, yeah, because we killed two. Oh, I'm trying to think, and I had on. I'm thinking, I said, trying to recall to himself, killed things. two. He killed two, so we should have two shells. But of course, I don't have agreement from the party to uh, to armor shadow this way. So I'm really no, looking to really get a price quote this No, because shadow
3: point. shadow takes so much damage from magic attacks.
1: Well, it would offer him protection from magic attacks. That's the idea.
4: Are you asking that, or are you thinking about that?
2: Well, I
3: think I mean it's...
4: she said so, but
2: well, let's look at it like this. If we weren't to armor the bear, how much would you pay to have that material? Just so we have that informata- information.
4: <laughs> she laughs and she says, ah, it, the armor, what you're asking for, that's an expensive shell. But it's only worth it if you can do something with it. If you can make it into a robe or if you can make it into. Right. And you were
2: one of those people that could do something with this. But you yeah. do not have the material currently on hand.
4: Well, let's let me put it this way. I wouldn't go out of my way to buy something like that because there are not many people who are looking to make armor out of something like that. I wouldn't keep it lying around. They certainly, I will i will be honest, they're certainly expensive. However, if you are going to provide the materials, I'll say I could probably make an entire set of armor for your bear out of about one and a half of those shells. So you would have leftovers. And we might be able to come to some arrangement on on a discount on my work for you on the condition that the leftovers are something I get to keep.
3: And how much would this actually, like, Bernie's got, like, I don't know how to put this in game terms, but, like, how much is this actually going to raise the AC of this bear?
4: Uh, that's gonna depend on exactly what kind of armor you get. And you are also getting the sense that the, because of what you're making the armor out of, that it would have other properties. Uh, but that would be something you could ask that, you know, if you want to ask in game without it being like, how much is this raise my bear's AC? You could definitely ask, you know, how much Protection would it provide, or something like that? And I'll, I'll make sure that I offer you the information you need, but that will depend on what kind of armor you get. Just like regular humanoid armor, there's a, a couple different varieties.
1: So let's talk primarily defensive armor made of shell, so with, with additional protections against certain kinds of magic. What are we talking in terms of the protection offered by using a flail shell, as, a snail shell, as opposed to normal materials like leather or, or chainmail?
4: Well, normal materials, uh, if you're looking for mostly defensive, probably what I would recommend would be either something made of chain or scale that's going to get you good protection, that's going to get you a solid foundation, and that's not going to hamper his movement. At all. Those kind of things are probably going to give you uh, a fair bit of protection. It, it's going to make him uh, a little harder to to injure. It's going to protect a lot of his more delicate areas. And you guys would know like a, cha- a chainmail shirt or a scale shirt for Shadow would probably offer about a plus one to his AC. And then she says, now the flail snail... That comes already with an interesting enchantment, and fortunately, if you're just looking to make armor out of it, I don't have to do much in the way of work to get that thing to to do what it does naturally, which is... The kind of thing that makes it really hard for spells to affect your bear. So he would uh, be at an advantage in order to dodge out of the way of a lot of evil spells. He would be able to resist a lot of magical effects. And uh, if you're looking for something that is going to offer him not only armor, but armor against those, those mages out there that want to hurt your bear, this, this is going to help.
3: Bernie is rolling her eyes, like, in a way that is, is is visible to everyone, as if mages actively try to hurt the bear in combat.
2: It's happened before. But it also happens to you. It happens to me. It happens to Jonathan. It, it happens, happens to, to Bernie. The people
3: who wield magic more than anything else. And it typically happens to people who heal you. But cool, yeah, Let's let's do this.
2: I mean, sidebar, and I, like, kind of pull them into a little huddle, like, Wouldn't it make more sense to find a good buyer for this? We have two shells. We each own one half of a shell. We use that money to then do what we need to do. Bernie, you can open up your temple. You can buy, like, maybe a plate armor for uh, Shadow. Jonathan can pay his dues. I can do stuff with it, you know, and then that way we don't have to worry about, like...
3: Personally, I would not have a problem with using one of those shells but it just kills me that we have to use both
4: of them to get and then she
2: wants the extra
4: this armor and then she wants the extra and that like like what she said is she's willing to give you a discount on the crafting of the armor if you give her the extra you haven't asked her how much it would cost if you want the extra back to use for something else you haven't asked her how much that would actually cost
3: because like as the other person who is shopping for armor today it was kind of one of those like oh okay that's what we're using these for (laughs)
4: And
2: uh, as somebody who also wants to find a exchange his halberd that he's not a really big fan of using the halberd, and part of my flail snail would help with that.
1: All right. Well, it sounds like the protection the shadow gets isn't. I mean, it's substantial, but again, well, it's. Uh, I don't think it was plus two. What was the numbers for uh for the flail snail armor again? Was it plus two?
4: You didn't get an exact number for the flail snail armor um you for the regular armor plus one. was it was about a plus 1 it was going to be it's about a plus 2 if you want to go with the the extra defensive armor if you wanted to go with something like breastplate or half plate it would be a plus 2 but he would be at disadvantage to all of his stealth checks because it would hamper a little bit of his movement yeah and then she says the flail snail all she has said is that it would offer extra protection against magic uh she could craft it so that he would have advantage on saving throws against magical effects, and he would take half damage from uh, any spells that do affect him. So it would essentially give him resistance to magical damage. For him, it will take, for armor for an entire bear, it's going to take a flail snail shell and a little bit more of a second one, but you'd have to chat with her more if you wanted to see If you wanted the rest of it back to go do something else with, if you wanted to, you know, pursue a different option, you'd have to chat with her. So let me get
1: a concrete numbers for the scale mail armor and then for the flail snail, assuming we get to keep whatever you don't use.
4: Okay. Well, if you're, if you're just looking for, uh, like, I'm assuming we're looking for like a scale mail for something that's defensive, but not, he's not going to be an armadillo.
1: Right. Okay.
4: That's going to be about 200 gold pieces. I can have it done for you in about 3 or 4 days. That's, that's pretty standard armor. I do a fair number of bears. I can get that done for him. He's not a, an odd-shaped bear and he looks she looks over at Shadow and winks and he kind of cocks his head at her curiously. And uh she says, "So yeah, if you're just looking for for some scale mail, it's going to be 200 gold and that would be scale mail would give shadow a plus one to his AC for those of you who are keeping track. If you wanted to go for something armadillo, if you really wanted to armor him up, if you wanted something like uh, a full breastplate kind of thing, that's going to be a bit more expensive. That's going to be about 800 gold pieces, Uh, but that would really offer a lot of protection. He might, might have a lot of trouble uh, stealthing through the woods as we would say, but yeah, he would be he would be much more difficult to hit. And that would be a plus two. Take about the same amount of time, I just gotta use thicker materials. Now, flail snail. It's gonna take a little bit longer, because I wanna be careful with that kind of thing. It's probably gonna need it's gonna take one full shell were they full grown snails or are they they look small?
1: They were look big to me.
4: Bigger than I'm me. I'm not familiar
2: with the anatomy of the flail snail uh, and when they are in their pupil versus larval versus junior, adolescent. Well, it wasn't a pupil, I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah, I don't
3: think snails have a pupil stage either.
2: I, I kind of go like this. They were yay big and I like w- use my hands. They were
4: bigger than me. Weren't they bigger than me? They were defo bigger than me. They were super duper bigger than Bernie. Yeah, Carlton gives vague hand measurements, and that seems plenty for Valen. She says, Oh, yeah, no, those are full size. Those are full size tails. We're good. We're good. So one as, let's say, a quarter of the other one. Maybe, maybe a half. If you just, if you just want to go with the scale mail. If you want full on breastplate, that's going to probably take both, but I get the sense that you're looking. You're looking for just a, like a scale mail kind of thing. Uh, so one of them and a quarter of them. I'll say I'll offer this for you. If you are willing to let me keep the rest of that second snail, I'll, I will craft this armor for the cost of the rest of what's left over of the second shell.
2: Oh, free armor for Shadow. So same numbers, but with advantage on saving throws, which he already has because of the ranger feature. And resistant to magic, and we lose both shells.
1: Yeah, there's a, he has something called beast defense. When Shadow can see Travancore, he has advantage on all saving throws.
4: Okay, well this would give him advantage on saving throws against magic, and then he would he would take half damage from any magical effects on top of that. So even if he doesn't see you, he would still have advantage on his saving throws, and it would be plus two armor, even if you go for the scale mail. So it would be some significant armor. Uh, and what she's asking is she wants one shell or she she says it's gonna use one shell and a bit of the second, and she's willing to do that for you for the cost of keeping whatever's left over of the second shell
1: and if we were to keep the the remaining s- the shells, how much would it cost?
4: uh, if you wanted that back oh, well that's it's gonna it's gonna take about a week to craft it because uh, as I said, I wanna be careful, so you you're gonna have to wait a little bit. I would say if you're going for the scale mail, 500 gold, and I'd be able to get that crafted for you, get you some nice mobile armor, you'd be very well protected out there in the field.
1: I want to do an insight check to see whether the 200 for the mundane scale mail is an equitable price. Sure. Well, eight. I don't know why I'd be able to devise from that.
4: All you really know is that if you wanted to buy scale mail, that you could probably get it for about 50 to 60 gold pieces. But the amount of mail that would need to cover you versus the amount to cover your bear—he's uh, like he needs about four times the size of what you would need. So, okay. so
2: it's it's fairish. It's it's fairish. Yeah, based on right. labor and material.
1: I got some valuable information. Um, Shadowcore thinks to himself. I got some valuable information as to the properties of this, of, of the flail snail shell, and it might be useful later as, as to its value. But the immediate need is for Shadow to be armored, and you know. It might be who be- of us better to use that flail snail stuff for something for like Bernie to protect our cleric because when she dies, the rest of us die. Uh, So in that in that vein, Travencourt opens his mouth and says, I think at this point we'll deal with for the uh, the mundane scale mail.
4: OK, I can definitely do that. It's going to take. uh, Let's see. You're pretty full grown. Yeah, give me three days. Okay. Uh, I could get that done hold on right there and she goes back into the the back room uh rifles around and pulls out a a wad of string and you hear her yell out in dwarvish something all the way across the paddock where all of the animals seem to be housed uh Carlton what you hear her yelling for is Travis, get out here! You're supposed to be helping these people. Why do you keep letting them back here? I'm trying to do my armor stuff. Come on. Told you we should oh, have Travis. gone in through the
3: front door.
4: She smiles at you guys and says, "Yeah, give me give me a couple of minutes here." And she, this time, instead of just like a quick hand measurements she takes very studious measurements as she starts to use the string and get all these very precise measurements a young dwarf male comes running on out um he's got a sheaf of of what looks like a notebook and a quill and she starts rattling off numbers to him sizes of bits and pieces she you know it's she is fitting him for a suit
3: bernie got a 22 on the perception check to see if this dwarf is hot Uh, he
4: looks like in about seven or eight more years when he gets out of adolescence, he might be an attractive dwarf. But at the moment, he's that kind of young
1: dwarf.
4: He's still a little young and he's still a little awkward.
1: 150 will get you 200.
4: (laughs) Yeah, how old do I think he is? You think he might be in his early twenties? Oh which, gosh, no, no, no! Yeah, for a dwarf is still kind of underage. So you give him an appraising look, and yeah, you you are immediately like, "I'll come back to that in about ten years. He'll have grown <laughs> out of He's got that
3: Kind of time, like that's the thing. Yeah, so does this dwarf? But she also has the kind of time to find someone her own age that she doesn't have to teach things.
4: exactly anyway it takes about five minutes and she very quickly measures up your bear who at this point is now kind of used to sitting there in fact he's grown a little bored and he's just he's kind of laying down on the ground now but that doesn't seem to bother valen uh at one point she finally says come on roll over good roll roll over roll over and she pokes him incredibly gently and you hear him go (laughs) And he rolls over on his side, oh, and you get my the sense God. that Shadow might be super ticklish, <laughs> and that she knows exactly where to poke bears to get them to move. She measures his his underbelly in a couple of places. She grabs a couple of paw measurements, and she says, "All right, yeah, give me give me three days. Come back. I'll get this all set for you. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna be two hundred gold, and uh, you could you can." Give that to Travis here. And she immediately walks away and you hear her kind of muttering under her breath numbers as though she's doing some calculations. And Travis looks to all of you and then finally to Travancore, and says, 200 gold, please.
1: Can I get a receipt?
4: Uh, sure. If you want to give me a second.
1: Okay. Sure. Take your time.
4: Uh, you hand him the pouch of 200 gold. He rushes back into the that front office area he's gone for like a minute comes back out with a piece of paper that is in kind of this scratchy handwriting but it it very clearly says almost simplistically bear armor 200 gold broken woodsman forge and just hands it to you okay good enough you should
3: keep that for tax purposes (laughs) it's in comic sans font (laughs)
2: and
1: has been trained not to roll his eyes from years and years of finishing school, but has to fight that urge mightily. And he he sort of says a brief thank you, and he excuses himself.
4: All right. You guys are all done at the Broken Woodsman Forge. Uh, Jonathan, is there anything you would like to do with your morning before you have to go back and start doing stuff for the the Mages Guild?
0: I am going to... um, I'm going to... Find a quiet corner. I'm going to assume the sending pose. I'm going to send. Wait, 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 wait. What is the sending pose? The sending pose is sitting uh, crisscross applesauce with both fists like this, like uh, like from like Aang does from Avatar. Okay. Where are you doing this? Uh, I, like I said, I'm going qui- to find a quiet corner. Uh, probably around the way. Uh, in just an alley.
4: Go ahead and roll an investigation check.
0: Guys, I finished my bottle of the royal bitch uh, shiraz.
4: Damn!
0: <laughs> wow, I'm feeling it now. <laughs> I'll I, I finished my i It's gonna be um, it's gonna be 18. It's my birth.
4: Okay, you exit the front of the administrative offices. You glance around, knowing that you want to sit in a quiet corner, and you do see there's not really an alleyway this is kind of a nice area of water deep and so there aren't really narrow alleyways but you do see next to the entranceway of the watchful order of magician protectors there are actually some benches because it's in front of kind of an open air area where there is not Not a park, but a grassy area. You get the sense that there's, you know, just some nice shrubs and a couple of flower bushes and stuff. And this is just one of those areas and where there's just a little bit of greenery to help break up the, the monotony of all these buildings. And so there are a couple of benches set out in front of the building. And, uh, you, yeah, you can definitely sit on one and assume the position.
0: Jonathan is going to say, I'm going to, uh, is going to message Bernie. Mm-hmm. and say done at the at the mages college or the watchful order going to wander a bit we'll meet back at in actually i don't know where we're staying uh so message me back where we're staying and i will meet you there later uh we'll need a little bit more gold for some cool spells uh hopefully armor went well and that's that's it i think that's that's the limit of the words
4: That's probably close enough, Bernie. You get this message, and you do know that within the next minute you can respond. Is there anything you'd like to say?
3: Aren't we staying at that place, the Golden Griddle, right? Oh, that's right. We were we were
0: staying at the (laughs) football place.
4: place. (laughs) Wait, where are we? What is the name of the place we're actually? (laughs) You spent the morning having Gold breakfast at the Golden Rock. Yep. Yes, at the Golden Rock Tavern, which you have spent the the day before. It is a very fine establishment, Bernie. You remember staying there before you went out on this little trip to Amphail and and beyond, and you were pleased with the accommodations.
3: Okay, Bernie responds. We're staying at the Golden Griddle with <laughs> the foosball. Dog is getting a bath. Got to pick him up before sundown. Is I don't know how how many characters do I
4: have? You have twenty five <laughs> words, but where it's, it's tweet it, essentially send a tweet. Yeah, I'm not gonna word count for you, but once you start to get over, I'll I'll start to cut you off.
3: Armor for the bear, lemon. See ya. I, I, was, I think Bernie thinks this is a very successful sending, whether or not it actually
0: is. I, I mean, you <laughs> conveyed the information you needed to, so I'd say so.
3: All right, Jonathan the Magic Muscular go. is going Bernie, to... Bernie casts sending in the way your grandmother sends you text messages. <laughs> nice. And it's like, and you can't tell if she's doing it to fuck with you or if she really doesn't know what's supposed to be going on.
4: So like most things that Bernie does.
3: Yeah, I do believe that Bernie truly, truly, truly thinks they're staying at a place called the Golden Griddle. Yeah,
4: that's what it
0: is. <laughs> uh, okay, so Jonathan the Magic muscular is going to wander down To the docks, he's going to look wistfully at the sea and ships. And then eventually in the afternoon, he's going to make his way back to that
4: so yeah, you spend the rest of the morning enjoying the the views of the docks. It is lovely today. It is just not a cloud in the sky. It's super cold, but that does give you a fantastic view. But certainly after about an hour or two, when it's about time for you to go back and be on time, you're you're ready to go. It's it's gotten pretty cold and the the breeze off of the ocean is a bit chilly. After an hour or two. But yeah, it's it's a gorgeous view. You watch a whole bunch of ships arrive and leave at port. Uh, even the seagulls leave you alone, which is good. Because usually, like as you approach the water, Bucks absolutely is sending you messages that are clearly conveying, fuck seagulls. <laughs> fuck them. They are the dirtiest lousiest animals on the face of the planet and they don't deserve to fly. But they seem to give you a respectful distance. Bucks, when we are a little bit more established and not in danger of kicking getting kicked out, I will down
0: seagulls for you, buddy.
4: <laughs> he has never been a bloodthirsty creature and definitely is, is always about doing the right thing, but this makes him happy. <laughs> and you think you might have that... This celestial might have a little bit of bias now that he spent some time in this owl body. All right, you head back to the Watchful Order. You are met downstairs by Sana Yellen. She is the, she introduces herself as the treasurer. She is a plain looking human in, not in any kind of wizard's robes at all. She seems to be in like pants and a loose fitting white shirt, like a puffy shirt, uh, but she is introduced by Razzo as one of the guild masters. She takes you, uh, to the back room, essentially, that you've never been in before. The front office of the Watchful Order where Razzo had been speaking to you is as, as far as you'd gotten. She opens that door and escorts you back down a hallway. There's a bunch of wooden doors that you pass, and she very confidently walks to the third door on the right, opens it up, and you see it is a tiny room with a teleportation circle. And she says, stand here, please. And you guys stand, and within a moment, you apparate into another room. Well, and you have teleported before. This isn't your first time, I know, but, but still, it is... I, I imagine it's a
1: Gigahergurk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I was just disassembled and reassembled by magical means, so sure.
4: It is It is the magical equivalent to a joy buzzer. Like, it's that kind of, even when you know it's coming, it's still kind of a, it's, it's, and you've all experienced this a couple of times. Like, you guys teleport all the time going up to the pocket house, but still, there's a moment. Uh, where you appear is a, is a very striking room. It is a round room that is very dark. It's just a couple of magical sconces on the wall, letting off a very soft purple light. And it is very large. This is probably 120, 130-foot radius round room, where all along the wall, you can see all around this room teleportation circles. And as you guys appear, you see a a feathered Arakokra standing in the middle of the room. He has his clawed hands kind of held in front of him. He is wearing a very simple robe with cutouts out the back for his wings. You're familiar with Arakokra because of Soria. She was kind of reds and browns and very muted colors. Uh, This Aarakocra is Brightly colored. His feathers are almost peacock like, and he's got painted markings on his face, uh, almost what look like drawn on. And as you guys apparate, Sana uh, motions to him and says, Jonathan, uh, this is Aris Zik. He is the Transportation and Communications Manager. You'll be getting to know him very well as you'll be coming and going under his auspices. But he is the one who actually takes care of all the transportation here. And Aras gives you a, a little bit of a nod but doesn't say anything. And you are led by Sana out this... Uh, this room, all along all of the walls, have these teleportation circles. So she walks past Eris, and there is a stairway built into the center of the room that leads down. You actually go through the floor down this circular stairway, winding down into what looks to be kind of an office of some sort. And the office has a desk and a, a chair and some paperwork, but nobody's sitting at it. Although... Jonathan, roll a perception check. Eleven. You notice there's some bits cut out of the back of the chair that you think might accommodate wings. As you leave, Sana brings you through kind of this winding maze of hallways and eventually to another floor that you can only assume you're in inside of the Amethyst Acropolis at this point. All of the stonework has this purplish glow to it. Um, Everything is there's no windows. Anywhere that you go, any of the hallways, the couple of rooms that you go into, none of them have windows. And as you enter this room, it's a very plain room. It has three very plush chairs, what look like incredibly comfortable chairs, and two other gentlemen standing there, both of them uh fellow humans, both of them in what look like uh regular robes. Sana motions to them and says, These are the gentlemen that you will be working with for the next three days to try to enchant this item. Good luck. And leaves you there and closes the door. The other gentlemen give you some basic instruction on what to do next. You find out that they're low level members of the guild. That one is, uh, that both of them are level one members. And. On the table in the middle of these three chairs is just a very simple gold ring, and they explain that they're trying to make this a ring of protection. So they ask if you will lend your magical abilities to this, and it's going to take the rest of the day if you are if you are amicable of sitting down and starting to enchant.
0: Sure. What is the mechanical thing that I have to do?
4: I need you to agree to do this. You sit in the chair. You are going to spend the next six hours... Channeling magical ability into this ring. I need you to tell me what spell slot you would like to expend into this object.
0: Uh, I will expend a third level slot.
4: Okay. You spend the next six hours. It's weirdly arduous. You're kind of used to instantaneous spells or stuff that you concentrate on, but, you know, 10 minutes, maybe an hour. Six hours is a long time to be channeling this energy in. And by the end of the the six hours, even after a couple of hours, you're reaching over, there seems to be a glass of water there whenever you need, and you kind of uh, are constantly drinking from it. You feel sweat break out on your forehead. It's not um, exhausting, but you're certainly tired by the end of it. And as you guys come to the end of your first day, I need you to roll an arcana check. 24. Okay. You get to the end of kind of your first day. You're not exactly sure what the signal is, but obviously you've reached the end of channeling your energy into this thing because all three of you stop and sit back in these plush chairs. And now you can kind of understand why these chairs are so comfortable because you've been sitting in this for six hours. And if this wasn't a really nice chair, your butt would be exhausted. Uh, but you all sit back. You see that the other two gentlemen next to you are looking tired, uh, hard day's work, channeling energy. Um, they nod to you. The one goes over and knocks on the door. And after a moment or two, once again, uh, Sana is there and she leads you back out kind of the same way you came she escorts you through the teleportation circle back out to the front office she says um please return tomorrow about the same time about new mission, and we'll go ahead and take care of day two thank you very much and so jonathan finishes up his day uh you guys have just left the armorers is there anything else for the afternoon that the three of you would like to do
1: i think i would like to peel off the group to try and find lady passerack
3: Bernie has, like, actual, like, she needs, so she has a list, she needs to get stone, she needs to get a lemon tree plant, she needs to get lemon, she needs to get Earl Grey tea, she needs to get vinegar, she needs to get a shelf, and or a small, <laughs> um, a, and some, and I think she has, and she would like beeswax candles.
4: Okay. The vast majority of those things would be Fairly easy to find. The lemon tree is the only thing that you're a little unsure of. Uh, Go ahead and roll an investigation check. While you're doing that, Carlton, what were you interested in doing?
2: I guess maybe kind of go to the art district and see if I can get, like, suss out a price on how much flail snail shells are actually worth. Hmm. Okay. Because they are pretty and fancy, and, like, that way when we reconvene, We'll have information.
0: Real quick, I'm gonna take this shot of Fireball because I expended a third level slot, and so this is the honorary fireball.
4: Fair enough. You didn't actually cast fireball, but I'll I will accept that as a suitable replacement. Okay. So we got Art District, Lady Passerac, Bernie, what was your investigation check? Nineteen. It's interesting when so Travancore says, Hey, I'm gonna go take care are you gonna tell them what you're doing, or are you just gonna peel off?
3: Um, I mean obviously Bernie's gonna say she's
4: got some like shopping to do okay and then Travancore, are you doing the same are you letting them know who you're going after or you I'll just say hey say, i got
1: some gotta go voice stuff and that and leave it at that okay
4: pocket sand <laughs> Travancore <laughs> peels off and heads off in one direction bernie talks about shopping carlton are you going to mention your thoughts about the flail snail out loud
2: encounter with with an armor who said like it's worth a lot of money but not really to her in particular. Which means it's worth a lot of money. And it's like when people are like, oh, I can pay you in product. I'm like, well, product doesn't pay rent. So if we can get gold for product, we can do more with gold. True. And or gemstones. Also,
3: okay, Carlton, might I I think the art district is a really good place to start. Because let me tell you, if there's anybody that overinflates prices to overinflate a sense of self-worth, it's people who buy art for their lives. (laughs) Um.
2: I just thought it was pretty, and I might find something pretty for the house as well while I'm there.
3: That's true. I do like that. Um, But also, I think it might be good to feel around people who make armor for people. Because they may have a completely different view on flail, snail, scale, male
4: than... The other thing I, I was—I feel think- like if you're able to say it twice in a row flail, perfectly, that should give scale, you an advantage mail. on something.
3: <laughs> I just flail snail scale mail. I speak Fly for a, a sl- living. <laughs> Sometimes it actually comes across. Other than when I give a tour. Absolutely. Flail <Snell> right. snail, snail mail. Snail flail snail snail, 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 snail mail. Snail. Right. But no, for real. So, uh, one of the things that I was wondering, and this is something you might be able to investigate. I don't know how much time you want to spend on this. I think the art district's a good place to start, especially if there's people who just want to buy it for the prettiness. Um, here's the thing, Carlton. We know there is a group of people in this city that like to steal things. Mm-hmm. Do not advertise that you have a flail snail shell ask
2: about have a what now
3: a flail snail shell the second one almost didn't come out
2: yes i i don't know what you're talking about i don't have any of those types you don't have any
3: of those things but you are looking to buy got it got it you are looking to buy and then if you go talk to an armor you're saying i've been in the market for one of these for a while i'd really love to know if i could get some armor made out of it and how much that would cost Or if you know anybody who's selling them um, or anybody who's buying them who might actually know where I could buy one. And you might, I just had a thought. This is just actually a thought that was brought to my mind is like, is it the armor that gives the protection against things? Or could we use that entire flail snail shell to make like amulets or weird little things that in wearing them, everybody in the party could gain a benefit?
0: Oh, that's a good thought.
3: Go ahead and roll a nature check.
2: I do remember that it was heavy, and I don't want to wear the show.
3: Well, a tiny little bit of it won't be that
2: much. <laughs> a spectral, spectral mage hand appears, and pats
0: Carlton on the
3: head. Yeah, bops him on and the, the head. Heavy, just a small piece, you tie
1: it with some twine, put it around your neck, bruh. <laughs> All
4: right, what was your nature check? Uh, 16. Okay. You're not very knowledgeable about armor, jewelry, that kind of thing. But having encountered this thing, having a vague idea about the properties of its shell when it was alive, you're pretty sure that it can be used to make more than just armor. You don't think it's the kind of thing in where a little bit goes a long way. It's probably a chunk of it is necessary, but you wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's not just that sections of it can be made into armor, but that it can have other uses, that it could be maybe ground down and turned into a fine dust to be placed over something, or, you know, maybe it could go in an amulet, but you do think it probably would, in order to be useful on its own without additional enchantment, you think it probably would take more than an amulet to be effective, that this might be the kind of thing in where one of those shells... If you're not trying to cover a bear, might be able to cover more than one person, depending on what you're trying to do with it.
3: Okay, Carlton, add to your list jewelry stores, but mostly because they'd be looking to buy. And also, hmm, a library? We might need a book.
2: I do really well in bookstores and Places of reading, Carlton, Yes, that go, is my specialty. You go
3: into the bookstore, right? Are you writing this down? Would you like some ink? Did you steal? Yes, them? yes,
2: I am writing it down.
3: <laughs> and then Bernie goes. Bernie looks at how he's pulling out ink, and she goes, "Did you steal Jonathan's inks again?"
2: No.
0: Did he? I don't know. <laughs> Are we gonna have to roll off for this?
3: Because <laughs> it seems to me like Carlton is the one in our party that gives himself the five finger discount a lot.
2: No. No, no, he, he it is. It is a regular ink and quill pen. Okay, because I was about to say,
3: <laughs> Bernie like peers real close just in case, and she's like, okay.
4: Bernie and Carlton, as you guys make a list of possible places to go, get more information about this flail snail shell Travancore. Uh, you were interested in investigating the lady Olivia Passerac. Do you have any ideas of how you would like to go about doing that?
1: Well, apparently there was some blowback for me trying to use my ranger skills to track her down, even though she said, look her up. Uh, so I'm going to try this the old fashioned way. I'm going to try and go into the nearest tavern and see if I can get information as to the, uh, you know, the the uh, Passerac family in, in Waterdeep.
4: Okay, roll an investigation check. And and while you roll that, let me know what quality of tavern are you looking for? Are you looking for something upscale? Are you looking for something seedy? Are you looking for what what kind of... Tavern are
1: you looking for? Well, Tra- Dr. Travancore investigates. He's thinking maybe more on the wine bar side of things. Like, uh, you know, up and coming, but not necessarily the hoity toityest and richest. Like, enough that, <gasps> you know, a fellow noble would would drink there, and but not feel like, like super stuck up and have to be put on airs. So basically, okay. the kind of place I think Olivia would go to, even though she doesn't seem like a bar tavern person at all.
4: Travancore, what did you roll for your investigation check? 19. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't take you very long to find a wine bar. Which, now that you think about it, it's water deep. This place is catering to a wide clientele of people from all parts of the world. Why wouldn't there be a wine bar? It looks like a very nice building. As you walk on in, you see that it's set up kind of like a standard tavern would be with tables and a bar. But certainly the clientele as you walk on in are very high class. The waitstaff veers more towards the sophisticated professional and less towards the bar wench. And as you approach the gentleman who's behind the counter, you can see he's an incredibly nicely dressed gentleman, uh, dark skin, jet black hair, gives you a a very nice smile as you walk up and and an appreciative look at your bear, which is odd considering usually the bear gets scoffs. But he he gives Shadow a nod as well as you a nod and says, "Ah, yes, sir. Welcome. Uh, What what can I help you with? This is. Uh, we're, we're happy to serve new clientele here at the Maiden's Tears.
1: I'm new in town. I'd love to uh, to try a sampling of uh, something I've heard a lot about. Uh, so do you have a do you have a? I guess it's a wine bar, so certainly you have a bar. I'd love to saddle up to that and uh, try a, a glass of the uh, the Baldur's Gate Riesling.
4: Absolutely, yes. We we haven't had someone request that in a while, but I I have a I have a bottle right here. Would you do you want just a glass or the whole bottle?
1: Well, let's try a glass first. I mean, who knows what the bottle is worth until you try the first. <laughs>
4: Oh yes, very, very, very well, sir. Uh, that's just going to be uh, five silver pieces, and he starts to to pour.
1: Sure, I give him the five silver. I, I breathe, I breathe into the, his uh, sniff it a little bit. I swirl as pro- as appropriate <laughs> as as befits a viceroy, and then I take a sip just to taste and let it like sit on my tongue for a little bit and like swish it around, and then I take another sip to for now that I have the, uh, the initial taste.
4: It's, it is quite good. It is obviously a a good year of their their wine.
1: All right. I guess I'm buying the bottle.
4: <laughs> oh, excellent, sir. I, the rest of the bottle, if you're interested, would just be three gold. That's fair.
1: I hand over three gold.
4: He professionally is, is right there with the bottle, recorked, ready for you to go. And anything for your bear, sir?
1: Um, let's see. Like Light Fairy, I, I'm, I'm guessing you have small plates in a place like this.
4: Yes and and a very nice selection of fruit juices.
1: Hmm. Do you have apple juice? Oh, absolutely, sir. Let's get a little apple juice for for my bear. And uh, just uh I don't know, some from fresh fruit, some grapes, some pomegranates, some apples if you have them.
4: Do yeah, well, I our uh, selection of fresh fruit is a little limited because of the weather but let me let me see what I have and sure. very quickly shadow is presented with a bowl of a golden apple juice that you can almost smell the sweetness it's 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 almost fermented but not quite and he comes back very quickly with a plate for you that is a selection of winter-ish fruits, most of them being the apples and stuff with a harder shell on the outside.
1: Uh, when he comes back, I say, oh, thank you for your custom. Oh, oh, by the way, I'm trying to meet up with a friend of mine from uh, who's recently relocated to, uh, to Waters Deep. I don't know if you would know whether this person frequents this area or not or have any information about, about how to find them.
4: Oh, well, if they're a clientele of ours, then and, and one of your similar station, we are very popular amongst the nobles around here, who are you looking for? Lady Olivia Paserec. Uh Go ahead and roll a persuasion check.
1: Okie doke. Detective Travancore persuades.
4: I don't think that's how that
3: works. <laughs> detective Tra- I know, I feel like now there's like this whole other like Scooby-Doo-esque detective narrative. detective can do many things.
1: <laughs> 21.
4: He raises an eyebrow at this and says, Well, we haven't seen her in a very long time, but... I do believe rumors are that she is back in town. Uh, It would be very nice to see her again. She was a a very welcome conversationalist.
1: Hmm. Any idea where I might start to look for her?
4: Oh, I am not up on much of the real estate in this area, sir. But certainly someone of
1: your your station clientele would know someone who is.
4: I might know of some other people who... Might be interested, but of course, I I would be very reticent in revealing any information about the lady without her permission, or unless it was important.
1: Oh, this is of the utmost importance. I am the Viceroy of Glenmar on Viceroy business.
4: That does definitely sound important, and that definitely sounds like somebody uh, with many business ties that she might be interested in. Oh, I have the
1: business of Travancore's business. And I slide. O- and I mention any information leading to to me be able to find Lady Passeract would perhaps deliver that information could be could be handsomely rewarded. Roll a persuasion check. Twenty four.
4: He gives you a curious look and then looks down at your bear and then says, "Handsomely rewarded. I'll I'll definitely keep that in mind. Let me go refill the the bowl for your." bear he seems to have finished and and you can see shadow probably still actually has like a couple of of mouthfuls left but the the gentleman takes the bowl and gives you a look and says oh this one i haven't seen such a a handsome creature in a while we'll put this one on the house and when i come back then you can pay the rest of this bill if you are ready and he gives you a very meaningful glance as he walks away
1: While he's out, I want to do a sort of scan the rest of the wine bar and see
4: who's here. All right, go ahead and roll a perception check. Ah, 13. There's not a lot of people here. It's mid-afternoon, so it's not really a meal time. But you do see pairs of people here, there, and everywhere. They are all very finely dressed, so you do get the sense that the clientele here has a little more money than than many of the bars, and you don't see large groups of people. They all seem to be just pairs, humans, couple elves. You do see one halfling uh, with another human, but they're they're all speaking in low tones. You catch glances a little bit as you scan the room, and it's obvious that you're not the only one who's kind of gauging the clientele looking around and being curious but you don't you don't sense anyone is watching you per se that basically you're catching other people doing what you're doing in the room and after a moment or two the bartender comes back with a full bowl of some more apple juice for shadow sets it on down and says um did you want to settle up for your your current bill sir oh we can do that Excellent. Well, the bowl of the apple juice, the the wine, um, the whole thing is five gold. Okay.
1: I pay for the entire amount.
4: Okay, he takes it, and you see him take the five gold and then pause expectantly.
1: And I slide over two more gold, and I said, For your hospitality, and for your forthcoming nature- when it comes to any information that may be a benefit to the Viceroy of Lemoir
4: and his eyebrow raises a little bit, and he smiles and he says, "Oh, that is very generous of you, sir and he grabs the the two extra gold and he stashes it away in what looks like an a place under the counter, and then oh, so yes, while I was getting that bowl for your bear, I did want to say there a gentleman you might want to speak to who might have some information about." A recently acquired mansion in town. There's there's an elf gentleman you might be interested in. uh, Someone of your stature, actually. His his name is Gorin. Gorin Venbel. He is a mercenary and adventurer, a little bit of a rougher sort. Uh, I see him in here every once in a while, but he has a lot of information on the nobles that come in and out of town, and I think if you check a few of the utter- other taverns in town, he might have some some very interesting information for you about Lady Olivia Passerac.
1: Much obliged, friend.
4: Much obliged to you, my friend. And he he gives you an appraising look and then walks away.
1: Okay. I got one more trick up my sleeve before I go. Um, I want Shadow to do a sort of perception test. to use Keen Smell to figure out whether he has any familiar sense in the room, aside from people in my party and myself.
4: Okay. So he finishes up his bowl. You finish up the, the food. Did you want to actually drink the the entire bottle of wine, or are you going to take the bottle with you? I'll take the bottle
1: with me. I can share with my friends.
4: Okay. So as you guys are kind of slow, you slowly kind of finish up, leave everything behind and head towards the door, I'll say, you know, Shadow can do this, not stealthily, but like, you're on your way out out. So go ahead and have him roll a perception check with his keen smell.
1: Ah, well, advantage helped out a little bit. 16.
4: Okay, uh, Shadow And as you get outside and close the door behind you, he doesn't seem to smell anything. Oh, well.
1: We head on out the door.
4: Okay, as the evening progresses, as you head back to the Golden Rock Tavern, as Jonathan finishes up his spells and also heads back to the Golden Rock Tavern, as Bernie and Carlton head off towards the, maybe the Art District, maybe the Armors, to see what they can do about a a couple of flail, snail shells that they've picked up. Will
3: Carlton's going on his own. Bernie's got her
4: chopping to do. She trusts Carlton. All right, Carlton's going to go off shopping. Bernie is going to go off in a different direction shopping, leaving the half-orc to his own devices, and we'll pick up on that next time as more shopping happens. Yay! Shopping
0: montage part 2. We, we got, got a lot of your stuff to do.
4: Shopping montage. I it's you guys do get some experience for for doing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh you're going I gonna, feel like
2: this episode should be flail mail snitch, scale mail.
4: <laughs> I think I've already called an episode Flail Snail? I'll have to take a look. If I haven't, that's definitely going to be the name of the episode. Okay. For a variety of reasons, also specifically for bernie deciding she's going to climb back onto carlton's shoulders and sh- carlton being like yeah sure okay and then carlton not being a horse and not giving into being yanked around by the ears which i thought was adorable also to jonathan for his single minded i'm going to get this magus and, and joining the watchful order of magus and and protectors which will be fun and for travancore for cues <laughs> for picking up on cues <laughs> Um, a total of 1,600 experience for a lot of you to split up as you took care of a whole bunch of fun stuff in town. So next time we get together, we'll finish up some more shopping montage. La 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 la. So yay, shopping. Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com. And see you next encounter.